this prayer as we begin morning. Father, we just thank you that uh, we have this moment to open up your word. We ask that you would uh, open up our hearts, Lord. Help us to be changed by what we read, by what we see. Change us this morning to, uh, to be better followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, make things clear to us that weren't previously clear to us. And give us the courage and the boldness that we need to respond to what you make clear to us, Lord. We need your grace to do that now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're we're starting a series in the Proverbs. We're going to do a six-parter in the Proverbs. Over the course of the past year or so, actually more, I've been kind of taking a slow pace through the Proverbs in my own uh, quiet time, just reading through them. And so what I did was I, I try to collect what are the major themes that I see kind of popping out well, as a as a collector of the Proverbs put these together. What are the major themes that are on his mind as he's collecting these wise sayings? Uh, it's a book about wisdom. It's a book about how to live your life in a way that pleases God. And there's many Proverbs here. I wanted to look at what some of the major themes were. So over the next course of the next few weeks, we're going to look at things like how to trust God, how to pray, how to make decisions, how to handle money. Okay, so very practical things, how to live your life in a, in a practical way. If you ever thought, oh, the Bible is just so, you know, just grand concepts about God, what does that have to do with my life? The Proverbs are going to show you that it's... Uh, the Bible is very practical. Uh, but today, uh, we're going to talk about friendship. We're going to talk about how to do friendship. And before uh, I thought about that, I thought, that's kind of a childish topic. You know, I mean, we really don't talk about friends or how to have friends or how to make friends. Um, but kids do, you know. I remember when I was a little kid, um, I was, you know, I asked somebody to do me a favor and they were hesitant. I said, I'll be your friend. You know? In exchange, I'll be your friend. You know, that's something of value. Uh, Want to be my friend? You know? And we hear how the kids respond to friendship. Like, they are soaking this up. This is what friends do. Friends sleep over and friends share stuff. And somewhere along the way, we kind of maybe lose our faith in people. We lose our faith in what real companionship could look like. And, and uh, we have a bad theology of friendship. So what I want to do is, is walk through, uh, look at one proverb, and then we'll look at a couple other proverbs to kind of reinforce uh, what the Bible says is um, how, how to do friendship. So we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 13. If you crack your Bible kind of in the middle, take you a little bit left, you'll see the book of Proverbs. It's right after Psalm. Did Ecclesiastes the one with too far? <laughs> Psalms and then Proverbs. So we're going to be in chapter 13. Proverbs 13. Becomes wise. 
but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So what he's basically saying is, uh, your choice of friends can either grow you or destroy you. you know, depending on who you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with people who are wise, then you will become wise. You will grow in your wisdom. But, if you hang out with fools, and you make your building friendships with people who are fools, then you will learn their foolishness, adopt their foolishness, and you will, you will come to ruin, you will suffer harm. Your choice of friends can either grow you or destroy you. Now this priesthood, this, this, uh, this assumes something that that you're valuing friendships. I think some of us, whatever, because of certain experiences, we kind of back off and we close ourselves to friendships um, as a reaction. Um, Proverbs assumes you want friendships. As you read through the Proverbs, it's not convincing you to have friends. This is telling you how to have friends, how to choose between fools. And friends. So uh, my prayer is that this morning, if you find yourself, you're someone who really doesn't have a lot of friends. Maybe you have a lot of acquaintances, you have a lot of companions, a lot of pals, a lot of Facebook friends, you know. A lot of people that when you walk in the room, they say, hey, they know your name. But you don't have people you can pray with, that you can bank on to be faithful. You don't have people that will stand in your corner when things get tough. Start praying that the Lord brings those people into your life. And um, you can't just say, my spouse. I mean, there should be something. This isn't about marriage, or there should be friendship in marriage, right? But there should be more than that. Um, we should have those friends that, like iron sharpens iron, can sharpen the countenance of one another. And, and I think sometimes we give up on that. We leave friendship behind, like that's when we were kids. We don't value friendship. Friendship is hard. We're going to look at something. First principle is that when you choose your friends, you're choosing between wise friends and fools. Now, biblically, a fool is someone who's ungodly. Okay? Now, we have a lot of different definitions for what a fool is. When the Proverbs talk about fools, they're talking about people who are ungodly. They don't make godly decisions. Some of you might have friends and you say you have this problem at work and like, you know what the first thing you need to do is go in there and blah 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 blah. It's not biblical counsel, it's not biblical wisdom, and and it just it's not sitting right with you. That's that's the company of, of fools. But they may not seem like a fool in the world. They're maybe they're successful, uh, they make a lot of money, they everybody knows them, they're very talented. But biblically, a fool is someone who doesn't walk in the way of the Lord. Doesn't care what the Bible says. Someone who's wise is not someone with three PhDs. Someone who's wise is not someone who, you know, has a, a resume that is like 80 pages long and they've been everywhere and done everything and they know everyone. No. Biblically, someone who's wise is someone who knows what's right and doesn't. Follows the way that God wants you to live life. That's someone who's wise. 
So you can surround yourself with wise people. You can surround yourself with fools. If you surround yourself with fools, they will destroy you. you. Surround yourself with wise people, you will grow in wisdom. I want you to look at, you don't have to turn there, you can put this up here, Proverbs 22. This is an example. Proverbs 22, uh, verse 24 and 25. Here's an example of how surrounding yourself with the right friends makes a difference. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. So what he's saying that passage is anger is contagious. If you hang out with a person who's always angry, who's always blowing his lid, you're going to find yourself losing patience, not being as compassionate as you were before. Anger is contagious. Well, that's what this verse says. Foolishness is contagious. You hang out with fools, you make fools your friends, you become foolish. And fools ruin themselves. They suffer harm because they do dumb things. They don't do things God's way, they do things their way. So there's an example right there. Depending on the kind of friends you make. Now, some of you might be thinking, you know, anytime I have a friend who's not a Christian, should I just have a friend with them? Well, depends on what kind of friendship. You know, we always say, Jesus hung out with sinners. Well, we hear that all the time. Jesus hung out with sinners. And I don't prefer the term hang out. He ministered to them. Ministered to them. So if, you, if you're out to eat with a friend and that friend is not a Christian, who's doing the influencing? Are you there to tell them about Jesus? There to tell them about what wisdom is? Or do you kind of just get sucked into the crowd? That's the difference. So when men, when, when Proverbs 13, uh, 20 says, when you walk with the right, you become wise, but when you walk with fools, you suffer harm. He's, he's saying, just like that verse says, you kind of tend to get sucked into the mold that you surround yourself with. Uh, having a relationship or friendship with unbelievers, that's good. Yes, Jesus did do that. But Jesus was the influencer in that relationship. Okay. And so, uh, you will be influenced by your friends. So if you want to be wiser, want to grow the Lord, that's the kind of people you need to surround yourself with. That's why we, we teach our, put such an emphasis on world groups here. We want you to have uh, closer relationships with people who are pushing after Christ because that's going to shape you. That's going to mold you. That's going to determine what kind of person you're going to be. So we're going to look at a couple different problems to decipher the difference between fools and friends. What are, what are good friends? What are they like? And, and fools that it's, it's bad company, what are, what are they like? And so the first one is that friends stick around. Okay? So Proverbs 18.24. It says, a, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks Closer than a brother. So, um, you can have a lot of companions, but when you come to ruin, where are they? You know, the person, when you're ruined, when you're having a, a difficult time, when you don't have a lot to offer, the person that sticks with you through that time, that's a friend. Okay? Those are like
other people. Um, they might be fun. They might be cool to hang out with. They might be really funny. You know? Um, but that's not friendship. Friendship is someone who sticks around. Right? A family. And so power is telling us, this, these are the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. People who love at all times. It could be explained to the kids. Proverbs 17, 17. Friends stick around. Friends don't just bail on you. Friends don't just stick around when it's good times. Friends don't stick around when it's just convenient for them. I've known people in my life that have a lot of companions and no friends. What that means is they have a hundred shallow relationships. They don't have one or two deep, well, deep ones. Friendships go deep. Friendships can't just be in a shallow uh, realm. You'll have those. But the friendships that God wants you to have, and surround yourself with the kind of friends that are faithful, that will stick with you, that um, will stay with you during the difficult times. Friends stick around. There's no one. Okay? Friends forgive. Friends forgive. Look at the Proverbs 17, 9. We'll put that up too. Proverbs 17, 9 says, Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. You ever have a friend who said they forgive you, but they always throw it in your face every time it comes up again? That's not a friend, that's a fool. These are people that are going to uh, constantly drag you down and remind you of, of what you did or how you hold them. And he said, well, I thought we got past that. Well, we did, but you know, it just really reminds me of that time when you and they do it again. Okay? A friend covers an offense because they seek love in that relationship. We can cover that. But someone who keeps repeating a matter, keeps bringing it up, that separates those friends. Now, what I... This does not mean... Uh, that you can enable abusive patterns in a friendship. Okay? Um, there are abusive patterns, not just in marriages that abuse happen. There's friendships where it's like, why do you keep hanging out with that person? He's always berating you. Yeah, I know, I know, this is how he did it. That's not good. It's like they're always dragging you through the mud, always reminding you of the things that you've done bad. And they don't like, you know, they, you know, keep pressing down on you with that. That's, that's not, that's not friendship. Yeah, but you know, the proverb says, seek it, you know, cover offense, so no matter how many times uh, he calls me in, but just cover it. Oh, no, that's not, that's not what it means either. Uh, you remember in uh, Matthew 18, Jesus is trying to explain, you have an issue with someone, how to go about that? And he's like, oh, you can say, did I just forget it? If somebody has, you know, offended you or sinned against you, eh, just let it go. You know, that's not what he said. He said, the Pope said, call them out and say, hey, this is a problem. Now, if that person responds and says, you know what, you're right, and it makes that change, then you gain your brother. But if not, then maybe bring a friend or two that can corroborate what you're saying and say, you know what, that's, he's right about that. That's, you're wrong. You're, you're sitting there. And they still don't want to listen to that, and then you take it to the church. Okay, so that's the process in Matthew 18. This proverb doesn't mean you skip over that. What this proverb is saying is, once you go to somebody with an issue, and they say, you're 
like, I'm sorry. And you say, I forgive you. Then let it be done. Let it be done. Don't say, I forgive you. And then every time that an argument happens, you bring it up again. Okay? That's what this is saying. A true friend isn't going to drag you through your past experiences every time the issue comes up. A true friend is going to seek love, not separate the friendship with repeating matters over and over again. Um, another verse is Proverbs 25. It kind of in relation to this. A friend is going to take things to you, not to a third party. Argue your case with your neighbor himself, and do not reveal another secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you and your ill repute have no end. In other words, you're going to start building a bad reputation for yourself if every time you have an issue with a neighbor, a friend, rather than taking it to that person, you take it to someone else. Okay? So you have an issue with friend A, and rather than talking to friend A, you call friend B. Did you know what this person did? Okay? Psychologists call that triangulation. You don't, you don't have the guts to face the person, so you get somebody in your corners. You can, you can both kind of go after this one person and triangulate against that person. That's unhealthy. That's unhealthy. If someone's done something to offend you, a friend is going to go to that person and say, Hey, this bothered me. This, this, you know, this, this isn't right, what you said, right? It made me feel like that. And go to that person. This is gossip. Friends don't do that. Throw someone under the bus by talking to someone else about it. Talk to them about it. Um, that should sting a little bit because this is hard, right? <laughs> it's easy to talk to. Oh, we're mutual friends. You know, we're all friends. And so um, you have three or four people that you hang out with, you go to the same restaurants with, and you're, you know, you're going to the same colleges together. And one of them does something and it ticks you off, and it's so easy to just call the other person in that group and start talking about that person without bringing it to that person first. Friends don't do that. Friends don't go to a third person. Friends don't bring that problem to you or you bring that problem to them. That's what friends are like. Um, so friends stick around. Friends forgive. And friends, uh, friends aren't in a relationship with you for benefits. They're in a relationship with you because they're faithful to you. Faithful to them. Look at uh, Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26, 28. A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Someone who, someone who approaches you and Tells you everything you want to hear. You know, they're the kind of friend that just goes buttering you up when you're down. No, 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 you're good, you're better than that. But they never tell you the truth. That's that's not a friendship. You know, a friend is honest. Um, so <laughs> this is this is where the breakdown happens even in marriage, right? This is just making you look bad, and the guy's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't even like honesty, going on, you know, I mean, like. But a friend. A friend, not just in a marriage context, but in any context, you see a friend that's doing something that's not right. You see a friend that's, that's doing something that's not healthy for that person. 
a, a friend isn't just going to let it go because you don't want to rock the boat. A friend is going to say, hey, you know what? This, this is an issue. Okay? Um, a friend is honest. A friend is faithfully honest. Not just someone who tells you what you want to hear. You might be the kind of person that likes to surround yourself with people that tell you what you want to hear. Because you feel like that's empowering, you feel like that is very positive. That's not positive. You want to surround yourself with people that will tell you as they see it, or call it as they see it. You want to surround yourself with people that will uh, be honest with you. So that so that you're not ruined. Someone who just flatters you and doesn't tell you the truth is just going to let you walk off the cliff. A friend is going to put the brakes on. So that's, that's, that's the kind of friend. And a lot of friendships are ruined, aren't they, with honesty. I can't believe you told me that. I'm not talking to you anymore. You know, were they just berating you or were they just trying to be honest? Because if they're being honest and their intent is to help you, that's a friend. Don't lose that person. Don't cut ties with that person. That's friendship. That's the kind of friend you're looking for. Now, I think we skip 25. Did we skip verse 25, chapter 25? Yeah, I Sorry, was that correct? 19. Yeah, let's put that up there. I know I skipped one. Okay. What is desired in a man is steadfast love. And a poor man is better than a liar. <laughs> What's desired in a man is steadfast love. Uh, a guy who would really say that to another guy. You know, that's kind of sound weird. But it's true, isn't it? What you want in a friendship, what you want in a buddy, what you want in your bro, is not, uh, you know, you bail when things get tough, but steadfastness, right? And then come on, and look how this is related to what we just talked about. It's better to have somebody who can't give you anything. If you're in financial trouble, they can't help you. They don't have like a boat to take you fishing. They don't have like a, a nice house for you to hang out with. They can't treat you when you go out to lunch. You have to do most of the treating. Better to have a person like that, if they're honest, than a person who treats you, takes you out, you know, always has nice things. But you can't bank on them for truthfulness. You can't bank on them to be honest with you. That's not a friend. That's foolishness. It's better to have a poor man as a friend if he's going to be honest than a liar. Why? Because that honest guy is going to be steadfast in his love. He's not there to see what he can get out of you. He's not going to keep you happy just so he can keep you in his life. That's foolishness. Your friend... He's going to tell you how it is. Why? Not to be a jerk. If you have someone in your life that's constantly telling you how it is, and they're like, look, oh, it's just how it is. I'm calling our state. They're just mean and cutting you down. No, that's not what this is about. But this is about somebody who's steadfast, and they're telling you the truth because they love you, and they want to see that um, you're growing in wisdom. Better to surround yourself with people like that than people who are going to be less than that is truthful with you. So your your choice of friends can, can grow you. Your choice of friends can destroy you. I find it 
true that it's uh, it's difficult to find good friends. It's difficult to find good friends. Um, I think the best place to start is people who are following after Jesus, rather than starting with people who have a certain affinity with you. I want to be friends with this guy because he plays golf and I play golf and we can go play golf together. And that's great. Uh, I'm friends with this person because, you know, we were roommates in college and we just share a lot of history together. That's cool. I think biblically the place to start is people who are following Jesus, people who understand biblical wisdom, because even if you don't share the same tastes in certain things, the same tastes in clothes, you know, the same taste in movies or whatever. You can bank on that person. And that person's a friend. The closest friends in my life, there's sometimes not a lot of affinity, you know. Listen to different music, we hang out with different kinds of people. Our churches look radically different. He goes to like this kind of church and another kind of church and very, very different. But the best friends in my life are the guys that when I let them down, they stay there. You know, when they do something that lets me down, hey, we talk about it. But the friendship stays intact. We're there for each other. Um, if I have an issue in my marriage and I'm talking to a friend, they don't just put their arm around me again and just start berating my wife. You know, they're concerned for my marriage. They want the marriage to grow. So they're going to listen objectively and say, okay, maybe this will make it better. They're not, going to, they're not going to be foolish in what they say. They're not they're going to use biblical wisdom. Okay, so uh, friends that are not walking in wisdom, it doesn't mean you just cut them off from your life. I, you know, I'm not going to talk to them anymore, but we need to start surrounding ourselves with friendships that are deep, friendships that are biblical, and that is going to grow you, make you more wise. Okay? And I think the best place to start with that is, is church. I, I, I think that is why growth groups are going to be helpful for us to build those friendships, to share a little bit more than just the surface. You know, on Sundays, hey, how are you doing? You smile, you shake a hand, you know, and it's, it's surface level, but we need to be able to get into content where we can share, hey, this is what I'm going through. Let me open up a little bit. Let me share a little bit of what I'm going through. And most people say, okay, let's, let's go back to the Bible. How should you deal with that at work? How should you deal with that marriage, that thing in your marriage? And go to biblical wisdom for that. That's friendship, guys. The, the people that have come around you with the word, people that have come around you in prayer, that's friendship. And we need those. It's not, it, it's macho, right? To just kind of be on your own. It's also stupid. It's foolish. If you read through the Proverbs, and I encourage you to do that, for the next week, just read through it. You'll be shocked how often the topic of friendship comes up. I, I pick like half the verses I could have picked. Okay? But, but what he's trying to get at is, guys, if you want to grow in wisdom, you have to surround yourself with wise friends. If you don't, if you won't grow in wisdom the way you should, or the way that you could. So we, we look for friends that fit this kind of profile, friends that are forgiven, friends that have stayed in your corner, friends that stick when the time gets tough. And if you become that person as well, you grow in 
likeness of Jesus Christ. Amen? So, I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. And, um, you know, this is one of those uh, messages 